Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are talking about Pig, starring Nicolas Cage. It is a awesome movie and one that I'm really excited to talk about. It's a very unique film and really it's just so great to see Nicolas Cage getting a chance to do something really, really good for a change. It's been a little while, um, but he's always one of the most interesting actors, whether it's the uh, not so good stuff or the good stuff like this. But um, Jason Harris is joining me for this one. You've heard Jason on the show plenty of times in the past. You also know him from Awesome Movie Year. I also thought he'd be a perfect guest for this episode because he just recently launched his own food podcast called Food and Loathing. It's him and Al Mancini, and they talk about the Las Vegas food scene. And I just thought that would make a perfect combination with Pig, which is a movie about a chef and the restaurant scene in Portland and uh, about a bunch of other stuff as well, including pig theft and, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. Nicolas Cage, of course. But uh, anyway, yeah, so Jason is the guest here today. And before we get into the conversation with Jason about Pig, uh, I do want to remind you, as always, to make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts. You can, of course, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Check out Good Pods. That's a new app that is doing some interesting things. We are, of course, on there. Check us out on Good Pods uh, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You could also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser or Good Pods. Follow us on social media at PiecingPod and join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. So, uh, along with all that, you know, we do have the Patreon, the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where I post advanced content from Piecing It Together, bonus content from Awesome Movie Year, bonus content from my music career, all kinds of cool stuff. Produced by David Rosen. It's patreon.com slash by David Rosen. So check that out. Let's get into this conversation about Pig. All right, Jason Harris is back with us. We're going to talk about Pig. Jason, how's it going? Oink, oink. <laughs> Sorry, that's all. That's not my best. Sorry. I'm doing fine, Dave. Uh, it didn't uh, even sound like a pig. It sounded like a robot trying to make yeah. some semblance of a pig noise, right? That's so. pretty much, yeah, Robo Pig. That definitely. That's yeah. Ooh, Robo Pig. Yeah. Yes. I like it. Let's. 
Let's pitch it to Roger Corman. Yes, yes, that sounds like fun. Uh, well, this should this should be a fun one. I, I'm really looking forward to talking about this movie. It's uh, it's it's such a, a nice little surprise, and uh, I had a lot of fun with it. You know, I I think before we start getting into puzzle pieces and all that stuff. You know, I, I especially wanted you to be the uh, the guest because of your new podcast. You know, you should. It's kind of your first time doing a regular piecing it together since that's launched. Uh, why don't you tell people about what you've got going on on Food and Loathing? Yeah, Food and Loathing. We deep dive every week into the Las Vegas dining scene. I've been a food writer for over a decade. My partner on that one, Al Mancini, is one of the premier food writers in Las Vegas. I also develop food television and. This film takes place in Portland, so I have a love for that city anyway. Um, but yeah, it's it's a fun podcast. We do news. We do long-form interviews. We just kind of try to cover the Vegas dining scene in a way that isn't being covered right now. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, with Pig... Nicolas Cage is something you and I have talked about many times before, and I, I think the conversation around this is like, oh my god, Nicolas Cage can act, and we have been fans for a long time and yeah. have discussed that forever. He pulls, like, okay, it's almost like you put him up to hit the home runs, and he's going to strike out a lot, but mm. when he connects with the ball, he's going to hit a home run. Yes. Right? We both loved Color Out of Space. Mm -hmm. um, which is a crazy movie and has Nicolas Cage at his craziest. And, you know, that's what we expect uh, a good acting piece from him to be right now, like him at his craziest. Pig is not him at his craziest. Right. It's very kind of uh, reined in and um, internalized. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I saw this quote from him recently, I think, where he said, like, you know, I wouldn't even know how to make a Hollywood studio movie at this point in time. Yeah, but yeah. He's done so great outside of the system. One day we're going to look back and sure he's done like 50 bad movies, but there's going to be a list of like 10 great Nicolas Cage movies. Oh, definitely. I'd say at least 10. For this time period, right? You know? Oh, yeah. For this time period. Yeah, I'd yeah. say that's that's about right. <laughs> and, and Dave, let me I have a question for you. Yeah. Now, I I listened to your half year um, best abortion film list, um, <laughs> which was just uh, dreadful on your part, I have uh, to say. Sure. sure. Um, now, you had not seen this when you had recorded when you had recorded that. right? I had just watched it the night before and I was kind of still letting it marinate. And I think Josh and I talked about that beforehand, that we had both just watched it and hadn't quite decided where it would land on our list yet. Um, it was definitely in consideration for my top 10. So, so it might end up, you know, we don't know it, but basically you're saying it, it belongs somewhere in the year end list maybe, but it was too soon for you to put it on the, um, half year list. Cause you had to put such iconic screen gems as Malcolm and Marie on your list. I, I Malcolm and Marie film. will, it will still be on my list at the end of the year. I would imagine unless a lot of stuff comes out by the end of the year. Well, you you know, I am on that year-end show with you, so I, I look forward to... Um, I don't look forward to it, Dave. I'm disappointed in you. Let's talk about Pig. All right. Well, there's plenty to talk about with this movie, so let's just start getting into puzzle pieces. What do you have for your first one? All right. So I did a mix of a few different things. There's food movies, there's kind of environment movies, and then there's these weird kind of journey movies. That's kind of the way I went. So... Starting with the first food movie uh, from last year, highly acclaimed, I went with First Cow, sure. um, which of course revolves around an animal as well. 
And that one um, where these two, uh, one guy is a cook. He's, they call him Cookie, right? Mm-hmm. They have to steal milk from a rich uh, or like governor's cow to make these biscuits that they sell in this kind of pioneer town. And, um, you know, the setting is kind of wild. The way uh, he cooks, uh, the way they cook kind of reminds me of the way Robin Feld in this movie cooks. Although that movie took place in the 1800s and this takes place in present day, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, but I did see some fun uh, correlations between this and First Cow. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely on my list as well. Um, You know, both very, you know, deliberately slowly paced. And yeah, they definitely have that similarity going where you've got this, this person who is kind of like living off of the animal and but also loves the animal and you know treats it well and everything and you just get that kind of uh relationship there and uh you can you can tell how much this person cares about that animal even though it's like you know like the source of his product well yes and it's interesting because i think one of the strengths of pig is all like the story turns they all make sense right and Mm -hmm. sometimes it's like this like kind of very I don't even know if I want to call it a mystery, but like as the journey goes, like each turn, you're like, oh, yeah, that does make sense. So it's interesting when you find out more about um, Feld's relationship with this pig and why the pig is uh, really there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, I'll kick it off with something that just has to be in the conversation, although you're going to give me shit for it. And it is an anti-puzzle piece. It's something to throw in the ether to put you on the wrong track, and that's, of course, John Wick. Because, Jason, there's no way that the filmmakers of this of this movie, first-time director Michael Sarnowski, didn't put it out there as something where we're all going to think, oh, this is Nicolas Cage and a pig in place of Keanu Reeves and a dog going on this revenge journey because of the animal. And uh, this shit's going to get crazy. Shit's going to go off the rails. People are going to die. It's going to get violent. That is what is kind of being sold in the marketing for the film. And of course, that's not what we get. We kind of both knew that going into it because of early reaction to the film with with critics kind of raving about it, uh, being more more of a, a slow drama about uh, about this person, more of a character piece. And so we knew that going in, but, you know, there's definitely no mistaking that there's a misdirection going on, a purposeful one, I think, with, uh, with that kind of piece that's been so done lately. It's, it comes up so many times on our monthly trailer episodes. There, every actor is getting their quote-unquote John Wick movie. This is not it, but it's definitely portrayed that way, at least in the marketing. I mean, I know we've talked about that on the preview episode. I just think you bring it up too much, Dave. I just feel like, why can't you mention Homeward Bound or something? This can't be, I mean, maybe that's the animals trying to come home. This can't, John Wick cannot be the first movie of someone trying to track down their lost pet, okay? That's what I'm telling you. I feel like you're you're underestimating how influential John Wick has been on the last 10 years of, of, of single I mean, character action movie revenge things i but you're you you know the thing is like i talk about nobody a lot you know i just think i just think 
just do a little research next time. Go beyond John Wick. I agree with you on this one. I'm just saying you're still banned from John Wick. I've, I've got another piece coming later that maybe kind of fits in this mold that isn't John Wick, but we'll, we'll get to that one. So uh, what do you All got right. for your next piece? Okay, well, we're talking about these twists and turns, right? There's a wild sequence where they end up in this underground lair mm-hmm. here. And, and I know a lot about the culinary industry and I've never seen anything <laughs> like this. Right. Right. I've seen, you know, I've judged culinary competitions, you know, uh, back of house brawls and this and that, but these are literal brawls taking place yeah. and I'm not going to spoil anymore, but if you didn't get a tinge of fight club during that sequence, um, not just because of that, but because of like, uh, that sequence for sure. But the whole idea of like, what's real, what matters, where does, where do you fit into this world? This really resonated with that tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I feel like the main, the main takeaway from this movie is that nothing matters except for what you care about, you know, and, and definitely fight club. It, that's kind of the main thing there is is that you know you don't matter nothing matters um reducing down to you know the 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 boiled down all the way uh everything you know and yeah i mean aside from the movie never quite going anywhere violent really except for that scene um that it definitely has that fight club in there and that that has to be a comparison well, and the and when they steal the pig, that's violent. But Dave, sure, you, you brought up a good point though of like nothing matters except what you really want to matter, and I think that's one of the most devastating and effective scenes in the movie. Not the one that we're talking about, but there's a scene where he confronts a, sh- a celebrity chef yeah. who used to work for him. It's amazing, right? and like <laughs> it's so good, it's so good, and you learn so much about him and the scene and image versus you know, really following what you think you should be doing. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, You know, speaking of that, nothing matters except for what you care about. I'm going to go to actually the piece that I uh, just hinted at uh, while finishing up John Wick. I'm going to go with The Rover um, with Guy Pearce. Have you ever seen The Rover? It's a great movie, him and Robert Pattinson. I haven't seen it. I should see it. I know that. And I also like the Interpol song, The Rover. (laughs) There you go. But uh, yeah, in The Rover, I'm not going to spoil the ending. But what I will say is that this whole movie, he just really wants his car back. And it's never really explained why that would be so damn important to him. And at the end, the ending, it's kind of this mundane, simple, sweet reason for why he wants his car back. Similar to Nicolas Cage just wanting his pig back. And it really just comes down to he loves the pig and that's why he wants the pig back. And uh, it, it kind of reduces this big revenge arc to just a simple i love this thing and i want that thing back you know you took it from me give it back to me and uh i i think that the um single-minded nature of the protagonist in both of these movies i think makes for a good comparison here i think that's cool dave and you know again like sometimes you look at a character and you're like is it too one-dimensional but the fact that like he is so one-tracked about his intention here and, you know, we've actually talked about this on Awesome Movie or a lot in our 1967 season with um, Josh's pick, Josh mm-hmm. Bell, our, our co-host, with, with, with Point Blank, which is like, hey, this is mine. I want what's mine. I don't care about the rest. And it's really, you know, there are definitely confrontations where 
uh, Robin Feld is, you know, facing off against an adversary in this film where they're like, well, um, this plus this, and I'm going to end up doing this for this person. He's like, I don't care. I just want my pig back. <laughs> right. You know? That's it. Just so, give me my pig. <laughs> right. And I think you're right. That, that kind of lasered in focus really, uh, enhanced the film on this one. Absolutely. So what do you got for your next piece? All right. Well, um, the opening sequence is uh, Robin Feld making this um, mushroom tart in the wild, right? In mm -hmm. his kind of woodsy cabin. And um, it just made me think of like, what are the great food movies out there? I mean, obviously, I think you want to talk about uh, as influential as John Wick is, I would say in the documentary space, Jiro Dreams of Sushi has been just as influential in the last 10 years, right? Sure. But I went with one that maybe people haven't seen. That's one of the best food movies ever made. Big Night, Stanley Tucci, Oliver Platt. Um, highly, highly recommend this. And I remember not just a great soundtrack, a great story, but like um, I said Oliver Platt, but it's uh, it's what's he might be in it, but it's Tony uh, who played Monk. Dave? Tony Shalhoub. Yeah, there you go. Is Oliver Platt in that movie, too? I don't remember, but uh, he might be. Don't think so. So. He's a good actor, Oliver. Yes, he is. I like him. I like him. Uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, Tony Shalhoub, Stanley Tucci, who now has his own food show that you could say has been influenced by Jiro and, of course, Bourdain. But um, what I loved about Big Night wasn't just the story and the soundtrack, but the way they showcased the food and how much it meant and how um, deep those roots went with it. And I feel like that definitely connected to this. Yeah, absolutely. I've never seen Big Night, but definitely as far as food movies go, this belongs in that conversation with like some of the best ones. I, for me, a, a puzzle piece that, that I thought of just the way, especially that one scene you brought up, you know, skewering that self-seriousness of that food scene and especially the Portland film scene, a uh, food scene. I thought of Portlandia, you know, the, the, just the way that it, it kind of skewers that, that whole scene and that whole industry. And there's at least a few sketches in the, uh, in the run of Portlandia that deal with restaurants and, and that whole, that whole world. And, and yeah, I think of that dish that comes right before that whole scene with cage. And is that, that excellent scene. It's like, I, I don't know what the food was, but like involved acorn smoke in it or whatever. And it's just like, what, what are you doing? Like how far away have you gotten from actual food at this point? Although acorn smoke, Dave, as a food writer, could make sense. What doesn't make sense is that I think he used it with the deconstructed scallop. Okay. And instead, you would want to use it with something like a pig that eats acorns. Mm. So you're reinforcing the natural flavors of what the animal is eating. But anyway. See, that's, that's why you needed to be on stuff. this episode, because I, I would not have known a thing like that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, if you look at like Hamon Ibirico, you know, mm. the famous uh, hams of Spain. A lot of them are 100% acorn fed. Um, it's for texture purposes, but you could see like if you if you serve that under a, a veil of a cloche of acorn smoke, it might uh, reinforce those flavors. Wow, there you go. So you you would you would appreciate uh, some of those meals that are uh, happening up there. I will. I mean, I look. I was lost in Portland for in 2019 for. A uh, film festival that you worked on with me for the film Rick Thunder. Uh, look, in, uh, I don't know what <laughs> Rick Thunder and Look Back Tomorrow is that what it I was? Think, I, I think, think that's what it's so. called. It's called Rick Thunder for short. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I skipped the festival and I performed comedy and I went to a bunch of great restaurants. And I have great love for the Portland food scene because there's a real mix of like cutting edge modern stuff and then real 
like kind of like cheaper end like home style ethnic food but i wonder if that's still up there because after the pandemic and all the riots and everything up there and the fires like i heard that food pod scene is like almost not existed anymore which is a real bummer because it it brought so much to that scene right yeah no, that's so anyway that's just food nerd stuff but also, Dave, if anyone is going to Portland and wants a restaurant recommendation, just uh, hit me up on any of the socials, Jason Harris Comedy or Jay Harris Comedy. Awesome. Well, what do you got for your next piece? All right. Let's see, Dave. I did that one. I did that one. I did that one. Oh, speaking of awesome movie year, Dave, mm-hmm. uh, uh, we're in the middle of the 1967 season, and... We are. We just recorded an episode that's not out yet on our future cult classic, which is The Trip, directed mm-hmm. by Roger Corman with Peter Fonda, Bruce Dern, uh, Susan Strasberg, Dennis Hopper, right? And it's all about a man who takes an acid trip uh, for the first time and takes acid, goes on a trip and like goes through the city in this really weird journey and there's one of the most effective scenes in it is like it's wild it's wild it's wild and then he ends up in this family's home and he just starts talking to this little girl about um you know juice and milk and everything and it's very innocent and um you know obviously kind of scary right Uh, because why would you want a random drifter in your home talking to a child right Yeah. yeah but in this movie uh, Robin Feld, who looks like he's definitely a drifter, right, it goes back to where he used to live, and he talks to the little boy who's living there now about a persimmon tree, and it just felt like almost mirrored to me how that worked. Sure, yeah, I hadn't thought of that, but you're absolutely right. This whole journey through the city, and then it just slows down to that very strange scene with a kid. I, I think that that's a really good comparison there. That, that definitely and works. One of the strengths of this film is the ebbs and flows and the different places it takes you. So uh, my only real criticism of this movie is that as I, as I messaged you while watching it, it was like, it is literally very dark. And it I is. don't mean like, like it's literally dark to the point where sometimes I'm looking at the picture and I'm like, am I supposed to be able to see expressions on their faces? Cause I cannot right now because of how dark this is shot. But I get the gloom and, you know, overall malaise of the film, but I just thought it was, you know, maybe maybe lighten it up just a little so I could see what's going on sometimes. Yeah, I can absolutely see that. And I feel like that's been a thing lately uh, with, with a lot of movies. Uh, I don't know if it's, you know, maybe they, they think everyone's going to be watching it on their TVs and there's like some difference in the way that things are shot and, and portrayed. I, I'm not really quite sure. But yeah, this definitely was a uh, pretty dark movie. So I could see that. I, another movie that was pretty dark that's also on my list here is Lynn Ramsey's 2017 film, You Were Never Really Here with Joaquin Phoenix, about this kind of broken guy who doesn't you know really want to be a part of anything anymore doesn't really even necessarily want to live anymore but finds some kind of meaning through this rescue mission um and also is a movie that hints at a world of violence around the main story but rarely shows it that that one definitely shows more of it than pig does but it's very little just small explosions of violence whereas you would expect to see more of it because it takes place in a very violent world with very violent people but it's kind of just around the edges of the main story that we're actually getting to see. Hmm. I never saw that movie. Oh, it's it's really good. I think you would like it. Interesting. I will have to look that up. But Dave, I will piggyback on that to another film 
by a female director, which I think is one of the better films of the last five years. And I think you've seen it. But when you mentioned John Wick and like kind of a misdirect, I'm going to say this is a puzzle piece, but almost in reverse. Right. Of of uh, of Pig. And I went with uh, Deborah Granick's Leave No Trace, which I'm sure we've mentioned before. Yeah. Amazing movie, which starts as Ben Foster. He plays like a... Um, a vet of, I think, the Iraq War, or if not, maybe maybe he's too old for or too young for that. So it would be like the Afghan invasion or whatnot. But he doesn't really feel like he has a place in society anymore, right? And it's him and his single daughter, and they actually start out in the woods outside of Portland, mm-hmm. and he keeps getting deeper and deeper off the grid, right? Yeah. And when we see Robin Feld at the beginning of the, this story, he's totally off the grid. And as Ben Foster's character goes deeper off the grid, Robin Feld has to come on the grid, go back into the city. But where he's going in the city really isn't on the grid other than that one restaurant. Everything on, in, in where he's going in the city is totally like of that underground world anyway. So um, I think both those films used Portland and the surrounding areas uh, that environment uh, to great effect. Absolutely, yeah. It was it was also on my list. Um, it's great, a great movie, and it has come up here. I'm piecing it together a few times over the years. Um, it, it it it's one of those movies that I feel like film people are going to continue to celebrate for a long time, even though maybe it doesn't uh, get as much recognition as it deserves. And Dave, I'll tell you a quick funny story. I saw that movie with my friend Tab Lloyd who is a wonderful, fabulous black woman. And she didn't know anything going into the movie. And five minutes in, she looked at me and she said, oh, this is a white people movie. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, she's great on Facebook. I, uh, I follow her. She's funny. She's so funny, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Let's see here. I'll go to another piece. This is kind of a weird piece, but uh, every once in a while, I will throw a song into the mix as a possible puzzle piece. Probably not really, but I, I, to me, it connects in a good way. Uh, I'm going to go with Nine Inch Nails song, Piggy. Specifically because some of the lyrics here, uh, nothing can stop me now because I don't care anymore. And hey, pig, nothing's turning out the way I planned. There's a lot of things I hoped you could help me understand. I just feel like there's lyrics in this song, aside from just the title, that kind of capture the main character, uh, his his kind of headspace and where he's at and kind of retreating from his world and going to live in the forest with his pig and just kind of live out the rest of his days not caring about anything else and it it just feels like it kind of captures uh that same feeling as the film is going for i don't know the song i mean i've seen nine inch nails i'm not a big fan but uh i'll I'll take your word on it also uh how about that uh springsteen cover in the in the film yeah affecting absolutely i figured i figured you'd like that ending yeah I did like that. Um, I and I think that was more for the emotional resonance than the actual, you know, um, literal, sure, you know, meaning of whatever it was. I only have one more piece, Dave. Okay, and I I wanted to put one more food movie in there. Um, and um, there's a scene where Robin Feld is kind of teaching his cohort how to cook, and it um, it very much reminded me of Ratatouille, the joy of cooking and how important the meal is. And then when they serve the dad, the person they're serving, the food memory and how emotional it makes him, very much Ratatouille. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I only have one more piece too. And we kind of 
sort of mentions earlier point blank, but of course, Payback, uh, the movie that we've talked about a bunch lately, especially because of that point blank episode. But yeah, I mean, the, the way they talk about Nicolas Cage's character, Robin, almost like he's a ghost that died a long time ago and no one's seen him in forever. And, and the way his journey is just so, you know, one track minded, you know, these are things we've talked about. The way that he has to go from one guy to the next guy to the next guy to find out, you know, where he needs to go next. It, a lot of it is similar to both Point Blank and Payback, and Payback is my last puzzle piece. Cool. I think that's fair. Um, one of the better movies out this year. Absolutely. Well, uh, let's do the finished puzzle here, and we'll get into some closing thoughts. We talked about First Cow, John Wick, Fight Club, The Rover, Big Night, Portlandia, The Trip, You Were Never Really Here, Leave No Trace, Nine Inch Nails, Piggy, Ratatouille, and Payback. Yeah, it is definitely one of the best movies this year. I'm sure it'll find its way onto a lot of people's top 10 lists. And it's just so great to see Nicolas Cage, you know, chewing into a role that that feels like there's something there for him. Look, I've never seen a Nicolas Cage preview in the last few years where I'm like, boring, right? Right. Like, right. there's definitely been plenty of previews where you're like, wow, that is going to be a huge disaster of a film, right? <laughs> yes. But again, he's taking these huge swings, and when he connects, it's like he's really hitting the ball out of the park. And I think he's a little bit, you know, he went from like kind of this like um, jokey, like people like him as a joke to like now they're like, oh, no, wait a second. He's still doing some rad stuff out there. Absolutely. He's got that one coming up soon. Um, I'm trying to find the name of it. Unbearable something of something. Um... I want my pig back. <laughs> That's not good. Just keep doing Nicolas Cage impressions while I look this up. The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, uh, where he's playing uh, himself, and there's like an obsessive fan trying to uh, like connect with him or something, and he's himself, and he's it's going to be this weird meta thing. I'm just yeah, I love I love stuff. It's going to be really cool, but I'm wondering. What's your take on, there's a take going around amongst like film fans that this movie also is kind of a meta take, replacing food for movies, and Nicolas Cage, he is a producer on the film, kind of uh, using this movie as a way of saying like, you know, I, I, can, I can still do this, you know, I, Hollywood makes the kind of movies, you talked about that quote earlier about how he doesn't even know if he'd be able to do a Hollywood movie anymore. You know, Hollywood is making different kinds of movies now, but there's still, you know, little chunks to take a bite out of here and there. What do you think about this as, as a statement on that? I think that's absolute horseshit, and it's <laughs> looking way too deep into something that's not there. And also <clears throat> totally unnecessary because you can just watch the movie and see he can still do this. And we know he can still do this, right? Absolutely. Gee, why would he be a producer? I don't know. Maybe because it's a first-time director who needs help getting the movie made. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. So I think, look, yes, he can still do this. Yes, it's good that he's out there making independent movies. Yes, it's good that there's an audience to watch them. Why do we have to go deeper than that? All right. That's fair. Fan theories can be fun sometimes, but... Uh... Not in this case. Not in this case. All right. I think that does it for Pig. Jason, is there another movie you saw recently that you'd like to recommend? Uh, I've just been catching up on... Uh, I've never watched it. Uh, I've been watching the TV show Fargo. Mm. Do you, do you watch, did you watch Fargo? Or? I've watched seasons two and three. I missed the first one. I still haven't gotten to the fourth one. Well, I just finished the first one. You gotta go watch. Oh, it. I know. I, I, it's on my list. I, I love two and three. Um, I know a lot of people didn't like three. I love three. 
Yeah, it's a great show. Though. I I also watched Woodstock '99, the documentary about all the douchey white. Dudes I heard it's a Woodstock bummer, 99. but yeah, worth and watching I, though. I, were you part of that scene, Dave? Be honest. No, like, <laughs> you weren't part of. You weren't a Limp Bizkit dude or whatnot. No, so. uh-uh. <laughs> thank goodness. <laughs> Um, it just reiterates how horrible new metal will always be. And just like um, what a dark day for the world it was when Limp Bizkit was kind of on top of the charts. Because if you look at it, it was like him and Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera and NSYNC. And like there was no soul to any of that stuff. No, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to watch it, though. Um, it sounds like it'll be a uh, nice trip down memory lane to how awful everything was. <laughs> It, oh man, it, it is, it, it's infuriating for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, Jason, why don't you tell people where they can find you and your podcast and everything? Yeah. Like I said, Facebook, Instagram, Jason Harris comedy, Twitter, J Harris comedy, obviously awesome movie year. Um, we are finishing 1967 as mentioned here, and we're already planning our next two seasons, which are going to be really awesome seasons. So Hopefully you listen. Dave produces that, and he does a very good job. Oh, thank you. Food and Loathing, we mentioned, the new food podcast, also available wherever podcasts are found. And if you just search Awesome Movie Year or Food and Loathing on any of the socials, you'll find where we're at. Sounds good. Well, Jason, as always, thanks so much for being here on the show. Thanks, Dave. Hi, I'm Dietrich. I'm Alex. And I'm Ben. We're from the podcast That Song From That Movie, the journey through the very best and worst of movie songs. We want you to join us on our voyage across the cinematic sound waves as we take a deep dive on a new song and movie each week to figure out just what makes them tick. Already we've set sail with Celine Dion on the Titanic, found a friend in Toy Story, and gotten drenched out in the rain with Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Hopefully each breakdown allows us to answer the ultimate question of what's better, the movie or the song. Or at least learn something new along the way. Just like learning that Toy Story 4 is a meaningless cash grab without a soul. You can subscribe right now on all good podcast platforms. If you use one of the bad ones, then that's on you, and we can't be held responsible. Subscribe to that song from that movie. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Jason Harris about Pig. If you haven't seen it yet, make sure to go check it out. It's probably still playing at some theaters, and it is out now on VOD. So definitely watch it. And thank you to Jason for joining me again. Make sure to check out Awesome Movie Year and check out his other podcast, Food and Loathing. And uh, wherever you're checking out all these podcasts, make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together. Of course, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on Pocket Casts, uh, all of the major podcast apps. We're on Good Pods. I mentioned that at the top of the show. Good Pods is a new app that has some really interesting, cool features, and uh, you should check us out on there. If you have installed that app, which if you haven't yet, what are you waiting for? Uh, download Good Pods and subscribe to us on there and uh, check out all the cool stuff you could do, like uh, leaving comments on specific episodes, and ratings and all that kind of stuff cool sharing features check it out uh and of course rate us and review us wherever it is you're listening whether it's good pods or apple podcast or wherever make sure you leave us a nice review we love that uh you could also share our show and that would be the most amazing thing in the world also follow us on social media at piecing pod join our facebook group popcorn and puzzle pieces and check out the produced by david rosen patreon with bonus content from piecing it together awesome movie year my music career and a whole bunch more i'm 
getting a whole bunch of stuff ready. It's coming real soon. A whole bunch of music stuff is going to be hitting that Patreon soon. So uh, make sure to check it out. So let's close this thing out with a piece of music. I was trying to remember if I had a song uh, in any any of my albums with like pig or you know something piggy related. I don't really have anything. Um, <laughs> so instead, I'm just going to go with something from my latest album, David Rosen. Uh, I know I've played this before, but I thought it would be a good one to play. Uh, I'm going to go with the track multiply which was also my most recent music video got a couple other music videos in the works but they're they're taking a while to get done uh but this was my most recent one it's a really cool uh animated video from a visual artist named tobias steiner it's available on my youtube channel music by david rosen uh but yeah this song multiply i love this song i love the video check that out and i uh, hope you enjoy the song if you like it check out the rest of the album david rosen it's available on itunes apple music on uh, spotify all the digital music services so that is out there to check out along with the rest of my albums. So enjoy this track and we'll be back with more piecing it together coming up real soon.
an All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.